1: Hello and welcome to Behind the Headlines, a podcast from The Independent. I'm Ben Kelly, and each episode we'll be speaking to our correspondents and other experts to better understand what is happening around us in the worlds of politics, culture, sport, and more. Now this week we're discussing quite a remarkable scientific breakthrough, the possibility of life on Venus. Researchers have spotted phosphine, a rare and toxic gas in the atmosphere of our neighbouring planet, suggesting that it may be home to alien life. This story has been our most read on The Independent this week, uh, and here to discuss it is our tech editor and science reporter, Andrew Griffin. Andrew, welcome.
0: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Andrew, we often cover these amazing space discoveries, which you do so well, um, and sometimes you know it's about something that's been found from the past or it's just a sort of a, a sliver of something's existence um am not for once sort of suggesting that you overblow these things but this one really is quite big isn't it
0: it is if it's true i mean um you know there's that famous uh, Carl sagan quote that says extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence and i think you know um even though scientists are I wouldn't want to put a percentage on it, but fairly sure that there's no other explanation for what's going on here. Obviously they want to be more than fairly sure. Absolutely certain, I suppose um, before you get start going on about aliens. So with that disclaimer out of the way, if it does turn out that there is uh, life in our solar system, not just in our solar system, but actually right next door on the um, planet, just kind of one uh, planet along um, that will obviously be, you know, a discovery on the scale um, of, you know, you know the, the unimaginable really to to think uh the kind of profound change that that difference would make to the way we think about basic basically everything um so yeah that's that's why um everyone was just so excited this week because uh it is um you know a discovery that would change history in so many ways And one of the scientists that, uh was working on actually mentioned you know 2020 has been uh so traumatic and, and terrible in so many ways but it may be possible that in 100 years or however long uh it's actually this the the first um detection of the possibility of life that maybe 2020 will be remembered for so that would be exciting it takes something big to fix 2020 but this could be it
1: yeah that's i mean that's one way of looking at it as, as positive news i suppose i hadn't really thought of it like that um th- we we read about this, this gas as this what have they actually found how can you describe that to us
0: so um, it's almost equivalent to sniffing it was the word that I used when we were speaking about it um, when it came out. You you can pick up a kind of what they call a spectral signature, um, which basically means that you can see um, in, a, in a vaguely metaphorical way the uh, chemical makeup of a planet. You can do that from really far away, because what you're actually looking for is the way that uh, light interacts with those chemicals, and that allows you to then infer what's happening on that planet. So we can do this outside of our solar system even, uh, which is pretty amazing. Um, so that's what they picked up, the the kind of unique signature of, of this gas, Phosphine.
1: And Sort of, excuse my ignorance, but how do scientists go about gaining this? I mean, uh, you know, how close do we have to get? How can you extract something like that from another planet from another atmosphere.
0: So it's a it's um a ground based telescope. Um obviously we often hear about um discoveries like this being made by uh either space telescopes or probes that have visited those worlds and, and clearly those can be incredibly useful and, and and hopefully off the back of this we might send one to Venus. But um we can actually as I mentioned learn an awful lot about um other planets, even planets uh an awful long way away just by actually looking at them, we've got this telescope going into space, the James Webb Space Telescope. Um, Hopefully at some point soon, it keeps getting delayed. But um, that's very good at this work, which as mentioned is basically looking for um, the kind of signatures of light. You know, if you were to think of it in the most basic way, um, it's like the haze uh, that comes off the atmosphere. And as you look at that haze, Um, this is very much simplifying it but you can see the kinds of wavelengths that get of light that get to us tell you uh what's happening on that planet does that make sense it's obviously much more complicated than this so complicated that uh you know i couldn't certainly couldn't do this Uh, and couldn't explain it at the most complex level but basically you're picking up a signature of what's going on in that planet by looking at the kind of light that you're getting from it.
1: Yeah I I do understand Uh, you've reduced it quite well I think for um, even the the novice among us Um, and is that something that we are doing uh, to many planets are we looking at many different planets um, for these kinds of detection or is it only the ones that are closest or because we often hear about Mars don't we but Venus not so much.
0: Yeah Venus is a bit of a surprise and actually um one of the really nice things about this study was the, the beginnings of it. Um, they weren't looking at Venus for life, that's for sure. Um, they weren't actually even looking at Venus necessarily to learn anything about Venus. It was a kind of calibration effort uh, just to see. And indeed, they picked up phosphine. They were looking for phosphine because they believed there was going to be none there. So it was a way of kind of setting a benchmark for when you look at a planet, um, what's the kind of possible things you might see there's not going to be phosphine let's try and see it effectively given we know it's not going to be there um so as as part of this test they put this turned this telescope towards venus looked at it and and were shocked to find phosphine um now the exciting thing is that over the last few years and especially last year there's been all this research that suggested that phosphine could only come um on rocky planets like venus from life so as soon as they spotted that um this began this whole A fairly Hollywood process of linking up all these various scientists um, who, you know, getting the ones who had done the first observations in contact with the people who had done this work on phosphine and what it might mean. And that's when they realised they've got something really exciting going on here. And especially because, as you say, Venus um, famously described as literally being like hell because it's it's so hot that uh, it would melt lead. It's incredibly acidic. Um, it's not a very nice place to live and therefore you know, it wasn't one of the places that people were getting especially excited about those are as you say Mars there are some moons uh, Europa and Enceladus and um, further out into the solar system that have, might have water and therefore might be quite exciting for life but Venus is really it's kind of a surprise um, entry into the life stakes and it's now gone all the way up to the top the most uh, likely or at least most kind of concretely informed um, possibility really now. So let's take this to the most
1: basic question that's sort of lingering on everyone's minds when they saw this and shared this across social media this week. Does this mean there are aliens on Venus?
0: (laughs) (laughs) The big question. Um, I mean, to go back to what we were speaking about at the beginning, really, um, there is, as far as scientists know, no other explanation. So they tried ruling out, you know, all the other possibilities. One of the researchers is describing this kind of mission through the uh scientific literature to check if there's any other possible process that could form um phosphine. So they were checking, you know, could lightning strikes uh make this gas appear? Could it come up through volcanoes? Could there be some kind of process that they'd not thought about? And all of those all of that work came to the conclusion no there's nothing else we know on a planet like this that could be making that happen now scientists being scientists being kind of um you know characteristically cautious wouldn't say that means it's aliens because there's always the possibility you know venus is still reasonably unknown there might be some other process going on um there's there's very little chance that the phosphine detection is a mistake so that's definitely happening um but, you know, they, they always want to leave the possibility that it's not. Now, accepting all of that, and that's kind of, you know, there are there are really no more cautious people in the world than scientists. So they'll tell you about that first bit an awful lot, and then they'll say at the end, but really, there's no other explanation, which is the kind of key bit, you know. Um, we can equivocate and prevaricate all we want, but it does appear that the most likely explanation is there's something living on there and sending out this phosphine that that we spotted yeah
1: and so you, you describe venus as being like hell and it doesn't sound like something you'd want to live so what on earth kind of thing would manage to survive in that environment i know we're speaking completely hypothetical but are we talking about um some sort of plant life or some sort of what kind of things could possibly survive in such a, a habitat do you think
0: yeah, so it's probably not uh, a kind of plant life. It's probably and it's certainly not, you know, um, you're kind of uh, alien with a big round grey head. Um, oh, no, so that's, apparently... my, that's my
1: whole idea gone now.
0: That's... <laughs> yeah, no, it is a shame. Well, one of the, <laughs> um, you know, that's the kind of strange thing about this alien detection. Obviously, you say aliens and there's this picture of uh, maybe we'll be saved by some people in um, UFOs and and incredible uh, spacesuits but no it's almost certainly a uh, single-celled kind of um something like a bacteria that we have here on earth the ba- bacteria is a fairly kind of earthy idea so it's probably something very different to bacteria but that's sort of the way of thinking about it it's something very simple um single-celled it's going to have very interesting things going on that's for sure because um you know up in the even in the um Clouds, which is where it's thought to be living, the clouds above the surface of Venus. Um it's still incredibly acidic, it's like 85%, I think, uh sulfuric acid. So clearly there's gonna have to be something about their biology that makes them able to live somewhere like that. Um we do have things on Earth that are able to live in very acidic um conditions, nothing like that, um nothing quite as acidic as, as on Venus, but So there's going to be interesting biology going on there, that's for sure. And that's one of the reasons scientists want to go and see what they might look like. Um, But no, we're not going to be having conversations with them or even really, are we even going to be able to see them in anything other than the microscope?
1: And so what's going to happen now? Is there going to be a push towards maybe uh, directing more resources towards Venus or putting more funding into it? And indeed, what bodies are going to do this? What countries are going to be interested? Is this a NASA thing or, you know, is it even worth pursuing further?
0: yeah absolutely i mean they can carry on doing um ground-based telescope work which is you know complicated and expensive because there's only a a limited number of these ground-based telescopes um, and a, a limited amount of time that you can use on them um so that will be able to tell us more but the you know the real hope and dream of uh the researchers who discovered this and and of I mean, basically anyone who's excited about these aliens is that we do actually go there. And that clearly is even more expensive, and even more complicated. Um, there are plans for missions to Venus. Um, uh, a number of space agencies have them. Uh, this is obviously going to um, increase the excitement, I think, about getting those done. Uh, the dream, you know, among any space agency is obviously to find alien life and there's I think, arguably, a new space race happening now. You have uh, China, you have the UAE, you have all sorts of other countries that want to show off their kind of uh, space abilities. So no doubt there's going to be a bit of a rush to get there. Uh, So it remains to be seen. It may be NASA, it may be someone else entirely, but the dream is that you send a spacecraft to the planet and you either do some work there or the the kind of really uh, fantastic dream is to go there, pick something up and bring it back down here.
1: And the, you know, we talk about this in terms of the novelty of it, don't we? You know, oh, it, are, are there people out there? Are there? Is there life out there? And indeed, maybe there are things we could learn from, from looking at it. But are there things that, you know, if we were to find life or bacteria or things like that on some of these planets, what use would they have to us um, as humans on Earth? It, and is that something that we're considering when we're going out there and looking?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a uh kind of high-minded um idea that we should explore these things just for their own sake but i think one thing is we don't know we don't know what use they're going to have until we actually see them Uh, the big question the big question that you know astrobiologists would like to answer is what are the processes that are happening um to, to effectively power this life you know are they using DNA and RNA like life on Earth does, or are they using entirely different um, systems to to keep themselves alive and, and propagate more of, of whatever they are? Now, the answer to that, whichever way it goes, is fascinating because if it's the same as Earth, that that probably suggests that we both have a common kind of ancestor and that there was one beginning of life that has spread across the solar system. If if the answer is the opposite, and it turns out they're doing something entirely differently, that would suggest that life is formed twice, effectively. And both of those tell us something really important about you know where human life came from. And you know it's very easy to imagine, although impossible to really pin down, the kinds of things that answering that question would give us in terms of understanding you know um, both the history of human life and also the ways that we might be able to change, um, effect, really how humanity continues to live and, and all those sorts of things.
1: It's fascinating. And as you say, it's a sort of welcome respite from the rest of the news cycle. And actually, you know, you're know, you not content with just having the most read story on The Independent this week um, with Life on Venus, but you've had a bit of a, a shot chase situation because you also had a big story uh, about the uh, new solar cycle, which NASA announced. Um, tell us what that means uh well this is i mean one thing is
0: it's slightly less positive news um uh it's slightly more 2020 um in as far as the you know so the the sun goes around on these 11 year cycles of activity um during which uh activity and weather um kind of goes up on a slope and then comes back down again uh the beginning of a cycle effectively means we've reached the the low point and we're going back into uh, busy period that we'll, we'll get to, um, in probably kind of 2024, 2025. Um, and, uh, solar activity is fairly mysterious, actually, despite how important the sun is to us, we don't know as much as you might think about, uh, how it actually works and what it actually does. Um, but it's also very significant, so it can change. It can have important effects on, um, astronauts who are out in space, who aren't protected by, um the earth from uh solar weather it can also have really important effects on things like um radio transmissions and in really extreme cases that can have knock-on effects on all sorts of technology and, and things um now the one that we're heading back into is a, is a, probably going to be fairly kind of chill um the last solar cycle was also fairly chill it looks like the sun is in a fairly um mellow mood at the moment so there's, there's there's no great danger of things falling apart, um, at least in this respect, anytime soon. Um, but it's, you know, uh, if nothing else, it's an opportunity to think about um, how we might need to protect ourselves against solar weather and all the sort of kind of attendant dangers that come with it.
1: I see. I see. Well, uh, Andrew, we're going to keep an eye on Venus, I think. Um, but for now, that's all we've got time for. So thank you very much. Thank you. If you're a new listener to Behind the Headlines, then please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever else you listen. And if there are stories you'd like to hear discussed on the show, maybe you want more tech, science, then please let us know. You can email Headlines at independent.co.uk. You can also support the show and all the original journalism at The Independent by signing up as a supporter. Details of that are in the description of this podcast. I'm Ben Kelly. Thank you for listening.